Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, it is so good to see you today. All the pretty people are here today, all the good-looking people. Yeah, here today is good to see you. Uh, we're glad to hear you. Today we're actually concluding our series that we began uh, called uh, Fam A Fearless Family. And uh, so if you missed any of that, you can actually go online and uh, check out the rest of those messages that we've done. Today I want to tell you that um, I have done a little research and I found that we've had a, we all have a lot of fears. There's a lot of fears among us. Matter of fact, I, I did some research and I found out that we have the fear, one of our primary fears is fear of being sued. <laughs> I didn't realize that. One of the, another fear that we have in our culture in America today is finishing last. I can get that one. Going, uh, going broke, that's another fear. The mole on our back is another fear, is what they say. Today is a great fear. The fear of rejection is a, is a fear that we have. There's a fear of flying in America with Americans. And then there's a fear of public speaking. There is a fear of government corruption is what a, a huge fear in our country is. And then there's a fear of a terrorist attack. And then there's fear of spiders. <laughs> okay? And then there's one more fear, and that is... It's the fear that the new kids on the block are going to make a comeback. <laughs> All these boy bands are doing that now. Today, I want to share with you that fear, we have to address fear, because fear is one of those things that I would say that is unwilling to share your heart. Fear does not, fear does not want to share your heart with faith or love. And so we have to figure out, okay, what is it that we can do to get rid of fear in order that we might have more faith in our heart, we might have more love. And so the Bible says this, uh, it's only coming up on the screen, just look at it with me, it's our theme verse, and it says this, there is no fear in what? Let's read the rest of it together, you ready? Come on. Perfect love drives out fear. So what we're saying is this, is what the Bible tells us is, is that either our heart is going to be consumed with fear, or either we're going to allow God's love to drive that out. And that love drives it out, and it produce, it's produced by faith. And so today, as we, as we begin our journey together for the next few moments, I want to declare to you that when fear comes in, it drives happiness out. There is no... When you, when you are... are when you are fearful, when you're full of fear, you cannot be happy. Matter of fact, there's a show on Discovery that's called Naked and Afraid. Uh, I want you to know that's the only thing that you can be is naked and afraid, right? It's sort of scary. Why would anybody even do that, right? Never mind. Okay. I will not go where my mind is going right now. But, he, so, but I want to tell you, so it's hard to be happy and afraid, 
You can't be happy and afraid, and you can't be merciful and afraid. You can't be generous and afraid. And also, I would say this, you can't be confident and afraid. You just can't be. A, so fear drives a, everything, every good quality that we want in our lives. Fear has a way of driving that out. And so we have to address this fear issue. And the Bible says we do it through faith and through love. I would say this to you about fear. Fear is like the big bully walking down the middle school hallway and, uh, you know, the high school hallway. It, it tries to bully its way. It tries to drive love out. Its voice tries to get louder than faith and love. You know that fear, fear never, ever signed a peace treaty or persuaded a peace treaty. Fear never gave doctors the courage to go and tackle a new disease. It never did that. I'll tell you what, we found out at our church that fear never builds a multicultural church either. We found out that fear, fear, will, not, fear will not think about the next generation and, and do what we're doing by expanding our building. It, it will not do that. I'll tell you what does that. It's faith does that, baby. Faith says, in spite of it, I'm, we're going to do this in the name of Jesus. And I, we're going to take new lands and we're going to see new shores. We're going to do it. And courage does that. And so this morning, I want to encourage you today as we talk about fearless faith. I want you to have that fearless faith. If I could give you anything today, it would be this. It would be fearless faith. And I hope to instill that within you. Before I go any further, I want to set you up because we're about to talk about a story with Jesus that's, that's pretty prominent. In Mark's gospel, I want to tell you that... Uh, I'm going to set it up for you. There, there is a sea, it's called the Sea of Galilee, which is really not a sea, it's a freshwater lake. It's about seven miles wide and about 14 miles long. And uh, on this lake, was very, it was very prevalent. A lot of fishing happened on this lake. And there was a lot of little towns that was around, little communities that was around this lake. That's what they thrived on, this, this fisherman's lifestyle is what drove the uh, economic system. And so Jesus was, had been teaching on one side of the lake, and the crowds just come in, and they're just like, you know, the, everybody wanted him to touch him, and everybody wanted him to speak over, and everybody wanted something from him. And he just needed some rest. He's like, hey. So he told his disciples, and by the way, if you're new to the church, the disciple is nothing but people. There was 12 guys that followed Jesus real closely, and we call them his disciples. And, and he said, listen, let's just get in a boat, and let's just go to the other side of the lake. And so that's where I want to pick up the story at. That's just exactly what happened. So if you'll look on your outline with me at Mark 35 and 38, it says this. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in a boat and started out, leaving the crowd behind. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves breaking into the boat. It began to fill with water. Look at this. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? It's amazing to me as we look at the story, and this is actually true. I had to say the word story because it's true. It did happen. We can find there's three things that I think will help us become fearless, have fearless faith. How many of you today would like to have fearless faith? Let me see your hands. You just say, you know what, I'd like to have that. Okay, that's, that's about 85% of us. All right? We hope the other 15 will join us by the end, all right? 
The first thing I would share with you is this. If, you write, if you're taking notes, as a matter of fact, they're inside of your program. And this, The first thing I would say is that if we're going to have fearless faith, faith is number one. Would you write this down? Is be aware of the symptoms of fear. If we're going to have fearless faith, we have to be aware of the symptoms of fear. Now, how do you, how do you know that you have a cold, right? Somebody just tell me, what, what, what do you, how do you know you're getting a cold? Somebody tell me. What's the symptom? Coughing? Running, somebody say running nose? Anything else? Fever? Yeah, that's it. Okay, I'll, all those things are symptoms, right? Running nose, fever, coughing, all those things. Are, and and at our, I don't know how it is at your workplace or at your school or your college or whatever, but at our workplace here, I can tell you this, when somebody starts getting that, we run and get emergency, right? We start putting vitamin C inside of us because all of those are symptoms that we're getting a cold. And so those symptoms let us know that we got to do something. It lets us know what's happening to us, Right? And so fear has some symptoms. It lets us know that, that we're going, that we're, about, we're having fear. It's, it's nothing more than fear, and there's some symptoms. Look what the Bible says in, in Mark uh, 4 and 38. We go back into the story. It says this. Remember, the, story, the storm has just come up on these disciples. It's raging bad. And look what it says. It says the disciples woke him up, speaking of Jesus. What's that next word? What is it? Shouting, shouting. Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? This is amazing to me because Jesus has been doing all of these miracles in their lives, and they've been a part of that. They've walked with him. They've seen him, like, touch blinded eyes, and they'd be open. They've seen him do all these miracles, and the question, you know, when they get scared and they get in this storm or whatever, all of a sudden, they begin to ask this question, don't you care about it? They could ask any other question. They could have said, hey, listen, do you have any experience in, like, uh, calming seas? Do you have any experience of, like, helping us how to, you know, uh, uh, not drown? Do you have any experience here in, in helping us to, to, you know, maybe ride waves or something? But the question that they asked in the middle of all this was a question that was fear-filled. Don't you care that we drown? So out of this, out of this, I think that you and I can take something right here. There's three things that I want to tell you that is a symptom of the fear that we can get out of this story so that you'll know, and it, it's, it's present in your life and in my life, so you're going to know when this is happening to you that it's fear, all right? Here it is. Just, uh, here's the first symptom. You ready? The letter A is doubt. The first symptom of fear is always doubt. And let me tell you how doubt raises its head. Doubt, when you start going through stuff, this is the way doubt raises its head. It says, number one, is there a God? Is God really real? And number two, does God care for me? That's the way that doubt always raises its head, and it always comes in like that. Does God even care for me? Matter of fact, you know what happens to us? When we begin to have fear, fear causes spiritual amnesia. That means that, how many, how many let me just ask this question. How many of you would say, hey, I know that God has answered a prayer for me or he's answered a prayer for somebody I know. How many, would you, can I see your hand? You say, I know that. All right. Okay, good. You know what that means? That, that was about 90% of us. Well, you know that, right? But you get in the middle of something and you got a fresh problem in your life. Guess what? Do you think about, well, God did it then. He did it. Now you think about, oh, God, this is so bad. Do you care for me? 
And so that's exactly what happens. Then the next letter, I like letter B, is control. Control. Control is a symptom of fear. Control is a symptom of fear. Fear will turn you into a control freak. It'll try to make you control everything in your life. And the problem with that is this, is that fear kills our ability. It kills our ability to love deeply because you know why? Because to love deeply, we have to take risks. And in our culture today, guess what? We don't want to take any risks. We want to live in a safety-free zone, our safety, safe zone. We don't want to, we don't want to take any risks. I was meeting with a college student a while back, well, about two weeks ago. And he told me, he, says, he said, Pastor Jeff, he said, I want you to know that your generation has messed up. I was like, okay, tell me where. I mean, I know that, but tell me where. And he said, your generation has messed up, messed us up. I said, well, how is that? He said, because you, because you guys protected us so much that all of a sudden, because of your protection, we thought that life was going to get easier. He said, but we found out it gets harder. And he said, I'll tell you the truth. We, don't know how to, we didn't know how to deal with it. He said, it's an adjustment period because once you get in college and once you start out in the work world, it ain't easy. It gets harder. And so I, he was exactly right. But the reason is because we worship at the altar of safety. And we want everything safe. Let me tell you something. You cannot love deeply until you're willing to take risk. Because it is a risk to love deeply. That's why in our culture today, we have more single people in our, in our country than, than we have married people because you know why? People are afraid of that commitment. They're afraid, well, if I say I do and that we get married, then, you know, it may not work out. Let me tell you something. Marriage is a risk. Love is a risk. It's a risk. And, you know, it's a deep risk. But here's the deal. And until you take that risk, you're never going to know deep love. People, that's why people aren't happy. You know why they're not happy? Because they, they don't go all in. You, you can't go in with a half-hearted commitment, right? It's a risk. Yes, it is. But it's one worth taking. Because you'll never know real love until you do that. Letter C is this. It's anger. It's anger. It's a symptom of fear. Doubt is a symptom of fear. Control is a symptom of fear. And anger is a symptom of fear. And I was, you know, the disciples, notice that when we said that word, we emphasized when, the, see, they were mad at Jesus. It wasn't like, hey, you know, do you care that we're going to drown? No, no, no. The Bible said they shouted. How in the world can you be sleeping, man? What's wrong with you? What are you smoking? You know, here we are. We're drowning. I mean, can't you, you're sleeping. How are you sleeping, man? The boat's about to turn over. Water's coming in. Come on, what's wrong with you, you idiot? Come on, get up. I mean, that's, that's the real deal right there. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, the boat's about to turn over. There's none of that. With panic. They're mad. Ticked off. And so I would like to tell you this. The more insecure you become, the meaner you get. Oh, this ought to help us because when we get around some mean people, we really ought to know that really it's their insecurity that's driving that. So we can see a little bit deeper. You know what? So it keeps us from lashing back out because we know this is a very, very insecure person. Matter of fact, I, 
I read a story of a man by the name of Martin, uh, Martin uh, Niemöller, who was actually a German pastor who took a stand against Hitler in 1933. Matter of fact, when he, he first, when he, uh, Hitler come on the scene, he went around and, and doing these talks, like these town halls, and he went around and began to listen to Hitler. And his, when he come back home from that meeting, his wife asked him, said, what did you learn from that meeting? He said, I'll tell you what I learned, is that Mr. Hitler is a very frightened little man. That's what I learned. He's a very frightened little man. And so I want to tell you, fear is what drives that. It makes you doubt, it makes you controlling, and it makes you angry. So now you have the symptoms, right? Matter of fact, you guys need to just put that symptom card up somewhere. You, maybe you want to take this and clip it out and just put it somewhere where you can see it. Because when you start experiencing this, you're going to think, what is this? It's fear that's trying to come into your life. Look what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 and 7. This is what the Bible says. For God has not given us a spirit of what? Of fear. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? But of power and of love and a sound mind. So that's what God gives. So anytime fear is coming in, it's not of God. Just want you to know that. that fear is not, it's a spiritual battle. Fear is a spiritual battle, and it's not of God. Here's what I want you to know. Even though we live in a world that's chaotic, look at this quote that I have for you. It's coming up on the screen. Let's read it together. Ready? Come on. Fear may fill our world, but it doesn't have to fill our hearts. Did you hear that? Because we have a Savior because of Jesus Christ who lives inside of us. So the second thing I would tell you is this. If we're going to have this fearless faith, the second thing, would you write this down, is look for God in your storm. Look for God in your storm. I want you to look at me just a second because I want to I tell you something as your pastor. Bad things happen to good people. Okay, did you hear that? Bad things happen to good people. It's never, you know, some things happen and you did nothing wrong. Bad things happen to good people. I used to hear it like this. One pastor used to say it this way, that either you're in a storm right now, or you're going into a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. That's pretty depressing, isn't it? It's like, oh, don't it? But it's life, isn't it? I mean, like, you never live here, do you? I mean, like, some of you today, some of you are like, man, I ain't got everything good in my life. Well, praise God, enjoy the moment. Because there's some of you right here that, you know, man, I'm in it right now. I mean, I am in the storm right now. And I'm like trying to wake Jesus up. Because that's where it's at, right? And so what I like to tell you as we look at this story, look what it says. In Mark's gospel, again, Mark 4 and 38, again, we look at those words. Jesus was in the stern doing what? Sleeping. Now, let me, let, me, let me go back to a little bit. I told you about the Sea of Galilee, right? What I didn't tell you is Rhonda and I have actually been there, and we've been on this lake. It's called the Sea of Galilee, this lake. And the reason why it's called a sea is it's surrounded by a mountain range. I mean, it's all right sitting down in the middle of this mountain range. And what can happen is that any time, I mean, any time, the winds off the desert come, and they just blow across there, and somehow that wind catches the top of those mountains and begins to swirl, and it will churn that lake and look like a raging sea. I mean, it'll make the high waves, it'll make it as treacherous as any sea condition ever. 
And so it can happen at any moment. Like, I mean, you look out there and the seas, the lake clear. Like, hey, yeah, let's just go across this, this lake right here. And then, you, then all of a sudden you get out there in it and this, it just hits. And that's exactly what happens. And so I say that to you because remember the Bible says again that Jesus was in the stern sleeping. Isn't it amazing? The thunders were roaring and Jesus was snoring. The disciples were screaming and Jesus was dreaming. Okay, that's about as good as I got right there now. Huh? As good as it gets. And so what I want to tell you, it's not the absence of the storms that makes our lives fearless. Here it is. Listen to this. It's not the absence of storms. It's who we discover in the storm. The disciples discovered Jesus in the storm. Matter of fact, uh, look at uh, Mark 4 and 39. So after they yell at Jesus, he gets up. He got up, the Bible says, he rebuked the winds and said to the waves. Now notice these exclamation marks after what he said. I want you to, I want you to say these three words with me. We're going to pause after the first one, then we'll say the next two. You ready? Come on, you ready? Quiet, be still. You ever said that to a two-year-old? Doesn't that sound like what you say? I mean, really, hey, sit down and shut up. <laughs> Jesus didn't say that. He said, quiet, be still. I want to tell you, as he goes on, he says, quiet, be still. Let me finish the verse. Then the winds died down, and it was completely, what? Calm. I want to tell you that Jesus was speaking to two, he was speaking to the elements, Jesus spoke to the wind, and it stopped blowing. He stopped to the, spoke to the waves, and they just laid down. But he was also speaking to those disciples, too, right? Remember, they yelling at him. Don't you care? Don't you care? We're drowning. We're drowning. Don't you care? He's like, quiet. Be still. He was talking to the disciples as well. Here's what I want to tell you. In order for you to have faith in your storm, or you to find God in your storm is that God sometimes has to get our minds quiet and our mouths quiet, right? Here's what I'm going to tell you. Watch this. It's not so much what other people are saying to me that gets me disturbed. It's not so much what other people are saying to you or about you that gets you disturbed. It's what I say to myself and what you say to yourself that gets us really disturbed. Would you agree with that? You believe your voice more than anybody else's. So here's what I want to tell you. In order for you to have peace, you have to quiet that. Because some of you right now are in a storm, and you're looking for God, but this is what you're saying to yourself. It's never going to get better. I'll never get well. You're saying, this, you're saying to yourself, I'll never get that promotion. My parents will never get better. My children will never get better. This class I'm taking will never get better. You're saying, you know, our finances will never get better. You know, our, our future will never be better. It's always going to be like this. And as long as you're telling yourself how bad it is, God cannot tell you how good it will be. That's a good place for amen right there. You ready? Let's just try it. Amen. That's okay. I'll amen myself if you don't. That's all right. See, as long as you're doing that. And so Jesus is saying, you know what he's saying to you today? He's saying this. Quiet! Be still. 
quiet. Be still. And if he can get you still just a moment, then he begin to speak the truth into you instead of those lies that you're speaking to yourself. And he can bring healing to you. And that's what we need, right? We need to hear God's voice. And so the Bible says it this way in Psalms 46.10. This is a, in the King James Version. This is that verse that says, Be still and know that I'm God. But look what this translation says. Let's read it together. You ready? Come on. God says what? And you're never going to know that he's God until you get quiet. That's why the world keeps pumping in so much noise to you. You know what I, I this is what I determine is this, is that when you give God your ear, you will begin to realize that God is near. That means when you give him your attention, when you give God your attention, when you cut the noise off, when you're quiet and be still, you can give God your attention. And when you, when you give God your ear, you will discover that he's near. Look for God in the storm. I said it. I got another way I want to say it. I want to put it on the screen because I think you remember this better. Ready? Let's read this together. You ready? When I believe God is near, I release my fear. Come on, say it again. You ready? When I believe God is near, I release my fear. You will never, ever release the fear that you have until you absolutely believe that God is near. And let me just tell you something, just in case you're wondering, God is as close as the mention of his name. Wherever you are, he's as close as the mention of his name. God is near. And so today I have a next step for you. On the back of your connection card, it says this. It says, I will do my best to quiet my mind and think about God daily. I want to challenge you to do that. Would you just check that box and say, I'm going to do my best. Why, why do I have you check a box? Because when you check the box, there's something about your subconscious that records that and reminds you what you said you would do. And therefore, you can have more peace in your life. Another way that we find this peace in our life is, that, is, is being around other people. It's amazing that when you're listening to other people, how you can get stuff you normally wouldn't get. And so at SEC, we have, we have small groups that meet together, and, and we do this. It's amazing how people find freedom in groups. You know, you've got to get past your past in order to get better. And so it's amazing how God, when we come together, how God allows our conversation to help us get past our past. And so here's what I want to ask you to do. There's some of you that are meeting with people at Little League practice, at uh, softball practice, at gymnastics. You've got a group of people you're sitting and waiting with your kid while your kids are doing all this stuff. There's other of you that you go out to dinner with a group of people every week. There's some of you, you know, that you take lunch break together with the same group of people every week. What I want to encourage you to do is I want you to, I encourage you to turn that meeting time that you're already having into a, into a small group. And how we do, here's what you do. There's only four things you got to do. Just remember, ESPN is that you just come together, you encourage one another, you have a scripture, you have a prayer, and then you just help them take a next step. That's it. ESPN. Encouragement, scripture, and prayer, and help them take a next step. If you're saying, you know, Pastor Jeff, I would be interested in that. On the back of your connection card, if you'll just check that box, we want to help you turn whatever you do into a ministry that helps people find freedom. So just check that box, and we'll, we'll get you some information and talk to you about that. Okay. Number three. 
So again, we're talking about fearless faith, all right? Fearless faith. If you want fearless faith in your life, the third thing is, is trust and depend on God's love. Trust and depend on God's love. I can't say that enough. Now again, so we get back into the street, get back into the boat. That's what we're going to do. We'll get back into the boat. We're on, the, we're on the, the, the lake. It's a big lake. We're on this lake. The storm's been raging. We're in the boat. Jesus has got up and he said, quiet, be still. The winds have laid down. The storm is calm as can be now. And then Jesus has some questions that he wants to ask his disciples. Look what it says. In Mark 40 and, uh, 4 and 40, it says this. He said, talking about Jesus, he said to his disciples, would you read that question with me, the first one? Let's read it together. Why are you so, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no what? You know what that means? That means that somehow fear has come in and moved in. It's moved in. The bully has showed up. It's moved in. And it's robbed, it's pushed faith out. Look at this next verse with me. 1 John 4 and 14, look what it says. We have seen and can testify that the Father sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm believing that probably in this room, 90% of you in this room believe that God sent His Son, Jesus, to die on a cross for our sins. I, I would say that 90% of you in this room believe that. Because we believe that, look, because we believe that, look what the Bible says. Okay, here we go, look. And so we what? And so we what? Now say it like you know it. And so we... That's right, doggone it, we, we know it. And so we know, look at this, and so we know the love that God has for who? So we know it, we know it, y'all, I... I know he loves me. Why? Because he sent his son to die on the cross for my sins. I know he loves me. That's what the Bible says. Because of, he, because of that act. Listen, if you're in trouble and you say, well, Jeff, one of your kids got to die or I'm, or I'm dying, I'm like, you did. Now, don't look at me like that, like I'm so unholy, because if it, if it was one of your kids or me, I'm dead. Right? The, hey, Pastor, we love you. It's great seeing you around, but you gone. You out of here, man, right? You bunch of holy people, right? I guess you want me to be like, okay, well, I'm almighty holy Jeff. I'll give both of my children for you. No, no, no. I might would say that maybe I could give myself for you, but not my children. But God gave his son. So I'm just saying that I ain't on that level. So if you're in trouble and it's going to cost one of my children, see you. <laughs> you feel the same way. All right, never mind. I got to get back on the holy side here. And so we know, look at this, and so we know the love that God has for us. Now look at this, look at this last part. And we what? That what? So we know, we know, we know, we know he loves us. He gave his son. He, do, he did something for you I wouldn't do for you. He did something for you that no one else would do for you. So we know, we know, we know he loves us, right? And so now, so now, right now, here we are in 2017, right now. So we trust. What? What do we trust? 
What do we trust? What do we trust? That love. But the question that God has for us today, the question that Jesus is asking is, do you know God's love? And will you, will you, not, not somebody, will you, will you, will you, will you trust that love? This has taken on a whole new meaning for my family. Last week, my brother, who is 43 years old, went to the hospital because he was having some stomach issues. They did an x-ray, and, and they discovered the worst. That he has tumors on his liver and on his pancreas. And so we're all in hopes, you know, like we're praying, okay, well, they, they saw this. We don't know what it is, so we're believing that, you know, it's just going to be polyps because he's got an infection in his stomach. We're believing this. But inside, fearing the worst. And so the, the week went on, you know, like every day it was like, did you hear anything? No, I haven't heard anything. And so the week went on until we heard. I went into his room that Friday. He'd got the word Thursday. I really still did not know. His name is TJ, by the way, and this is his picture. Matter of fact, now just in case you're wondering, he's the guy in the red, all right, with the beard. Somebody asked me the last service, say, which one of those was he? Okay, I, I guess because I had a hat on, you couldn't see my shiny pride head here. I walked into his room, his hospital room, he says, man, I feel great. He said, Jeff, I guess, I guess you've heard. I said, no, I haven't heard. I, haven't, I, don't, I don't know anything. I, don't, I haven't heard. He says, cancer. I looked at him and <clears throat> tried to keep myself together. We just had a conversation as we talked about it. And you know, I don't know, but as my eyes clouded up and I swallowed hard, I, looked, I would just look up at the television and, and try to get myself together. His eyes glassed over with tears a couple of times because he saw me, you know, I'm supposed to be the big brother's the pastor who's got all the answers, right? Got all the answers. And just didn't have any answers. As I was searching for something to say to him that would just make him feel like everything's going to be all right, I could not find the words I was searching and I couldn't find. I didn't know what to say. He looked at me. He said, Jeff, Last night at 11 o'clock, I had a talk with God. He said, I want you, I had a talk with God and I went to sleep and I slept, I slept all through the night. And this is what he said. He looked at me and he said, I want you to know, Jeff, I talked to God and it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. 
I don't know. Listen, I'm supposed to be the one with faith, right? I'm supposed to be the one, but I didn't have it. But somehow, in the middle of his storm, that love of God that he knew that he discovered about 15 years ago, all of a sudden he said, I know God loves me, and I'm going to trust him. He looked cancer right in the eye and says, you don't scare me. Here's a question I have for you. What's scaring you? Jesus said, what are you afraid of? What is it? What is it that's staring you right in the eye right now? Is it, is it you're afraid of this marriage isn't going to work out? You're afraid your kids aren't going to turn out all right? Are, are you afraid that job's not going to happen? Are you afraid you can't pass this class? What are you afraid of? What's staring you down right now? And you know it. You know it. You're turning on the inside because it's got you scared to death. Today, in the name of Jesus Christ, I challenge you to look it right in the eye and say, I know that God loves me, and I know that I can trust him. Are you hearing me today? You've got to look it in the eye because you can't do it on your own. You've got to do like my brother TJ. You've got to look it in the eye and say, I know that God loves me. I know he loves me. And I know I trust him. Listen, if you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, if you do not know Jesus as your, if you're not a Christ follower today, it's time to quit playing games because there's something looking you right in the eye right now, and it's bigger than you. And if you don't have him, friend, you are hopeless. What would I, if cancer knocked on your door and say, I've got you, what would you say to it? Would you say, I know that God loves me, and I will trust him? If you can't say that, friend, there's a prayer inside of your program right now called the prayer to become a Christ follower. If I was you, I'd pray this prayer today before I took another breath. And I say, God, come into my life. Save me. And when you do that, you check the back of this card and said, it says, I'm becoming a Christ follower so we can pray for you. I'd like for the rest of you, just everybody to stand with me, please. There's two things we're going to declare today. By the way, pray for my brother. Pray. He told me yesterday, Friday, we took that picture. He said, Jeff, I've talked to God about this one time, and I don't need to talk to him about it again, so I'm going to pray for other people instead of praying for me. He said, God heard me the first time. He's got it. Here's what I want you to declare. We're going to say two things today. We're going to say out loud, I believe God loves me. I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. Would you say those two statements with me? You ready? Come on. I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. Say it again. I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. Now say it like you mean it. Ready? I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. One more time. I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. Right now as we sing this song, 
It's about surrender. I want you, whatever's staring you in the eye today, I want you to look at it, and I want you to say, I believe God, and I can trust God. Would you do it? I believe God loves me, and I can trust God. Would you do it as they sing? Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.